0: Good morning. It's good to be in the house of the living God this morning. Can I get an amen? Amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. That's more like it. You guys have your Bibles. Do you have your Bibles this morning? And do you have your iPhones? Go to chapter Luke, chapter 5. Luke 5. We're going to read verse 27. 32, this is a very familiar story, I'm sure you, you're you familiar with it, but we're going to see what God has for us, would say if you guys would give me some grace this morning, we had an extended rehearsal last night, our drummer called us and said, let's start early, and I'm thinking, well, we're going to leave early if we start early, but it was like three hours of singing metal, I think my, my throat's about had it this morning, so, still here, and praising God, hallelujah. Luke chapter 5, verse 27 through 32. Before I get you guys to stand, let me just say this. You're going to see that our text text this morning begins with two words. After this. Everybody say, after this. In other words, something is about to take place. But we need to understand what was happening prior to this. And that is, is, Jesus had came to a certain home and, and the people began to fill the house. They become, they're become coming from every direction and the house is so full that you could even hardly stand. Standing room only. But there was these four men who had a friend that was paralyzed. And they were trying to get Jesus to lay hands on him to, to bring healing to his body, but they couldn't get to Christ. So they climbed up on the roof of the house and they began to remove the tiles and they lowered the man down and Jesus did what he does best he brought healing to that man and he stands and Jesus says take up your mat and walk can I get an amen but but when I see the two words after this I don't want to try to take this out of content but I guess I will and that is that when I see after this it, it tells me something that No matter what I'm going through in life, no matter what I'm dealing with life, since I walk with Jesus on a daily basis, it doesn't matter because after this, come on, after this, I'm going to have something to look forward to because my God says I'll never leave you nor will I forsake you. And so even when we face death, it's not the end. Because after this, we we know the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Come on, amen. Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Can I get an amen? So let's stand this morning for the reading of God's holy word. Luke chapter 5, verse 27 through 32. The Bible says, after this, Jesus went out and he saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Jesus says, follow me. I want you to remember this morning that that Jesus told the disciples, unless you take up your cross and, and follow me, you cannot be my disciples. Jesus also told them to follow me and I will make you fishermen of Men, he says to Levi, Follow me. So Levi got up and left everything and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large, large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and, and the teachers of the law who, who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Let us pray. Father, in the holy, magnificent name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we, we, we come before you now, Lord, in expectation. We know, Lord, that you know exactly what we need as your people of God. Father, we just ask today that you would speak through these lips of clay. Most importantly, Lord, you would hide your servant behind the cross that no flesh may boast before you. And as I always pray, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, you are my strength, you are my redeemer, you are my God whom I trust. And surely you shall deliver us today out of the hand of the enemy. Now, Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray that the anointing would fall fresh on every ear, every eye, every mind today, that we would be changed and be transformed into your image, into your likeness. Lord, we don't want to leave this building today the same way we came. Your word says that we have not because we ask not. So we ask today to change us. We love you. We praise you, and we glorify you in the mighty name of Jesus. And God's people said, "Amen." And "Amen." You may be seated in the presence of the Lord, God Almighty. I noticed this week that my my title of my sermon was on like page six or seven. So. I figure I'd better ahead and go to give you the title now. Because otherwise, y'all going to say, well, what's the name of the sermon, preacher? But today's message is simply entitled, Only the Sick Need the Doctor. Only the sick need the doctor. I want you to turn to your neighbor this morning and say, neighbor, I'm sorry I didn't hear you. I'm a little deaf from last night. Everybody say, neighbor. Thank you. How are you feeling spiritually this morning? Amen. Now also understand that Luke, who who wrote our letter today, was also the same who wrote the next letter, which is the book of Acts. And and in the book of Acts, we we find that he reminds us of something else that God has said, and, and that's the word repent. We find in Acts 3.19, he says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be blotted out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I I, I like refreshments. And and I can see God saying, Listen, you can enjoy the refreshments of the world on their table, Uh, but if you'll just come to my table, I can tell you spiritually, mentally, and physically, you can be refreshed. But understand, in in order to get to God's table, you got to turn. you got to turn away from the world's table and turn to His. Can I get an amen? And so, like it or not, God does call His people to repent. And repentance is not a bad word. Like I've told you before, repentance simply means to return to the top. In other words, God doesn't want us to wallow around like the hogs, but He wants to, to live on top of this world that we, we're living in today. Are you with me so far? Now, this morning I'm going to share some facts with you that I had to look up, but they're not going to be the facts that you want to hear first thing Sunday morning from your preacher. But But I just want to be very real with you. Can I be real today? And just like Jesus, I'm just going to be honest, and I'm going to shoot straight. But I'm going to share these these statistics that we're going to look at. But I'm but I'm doing this for a reason. It's because I'm trying to help you to understand the simple revelations that Jesus is trying to teach in this story. That many times we'll quickly overlook because we go too fast through our readings of the Bible. Can I get an amen? And so, what we understand that that when the The Pharisees, the teachers of the law they came not to Jesus in other words they came to his disciples but Jesus is listening in. he says so why does why does your teacher eat with sinners and and, and tax collectors? Now now what you got to understand that, that we're talking about God himself manifested in the flesh and Jesus could have easily said well who else am I going to eat with? Because honestly, the whole world is filled with nothing but sinners. Can I get an amen? Who else am I going to eat with but tax collectors and sinners? In other words, Jesus ain't concerned about the tax collector. He's concerned about one thing. The healthy and the sick. Are you with me so far? Paul says it like this in Romans 5.19. And he's speaking of our condition in our condition that we can have through Dr. Jesus, and that is the obedience of Christ. He says it like this, For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners. So also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. Are you with me so far? And so Jesus, instead of going to the point that that there's nowhere else to eat but with sinners, he simply begins to draw a spiritual Illustration, and he's using something that everybody is familiar with. And that, that's, that that is something called a doctor. Are you with me so far? But but here's what I've learned: that any good doctor. Now I'm saying I'm not saying that all doctors are good doctors, but if you got a good doctor, a good doctor is concerned about your well-being. Can I get an amen? He or she is concerned about. Keeping you alive. Giving you life. And I know that Jesus is a good doctor. Is he a good doctor? And I know he's a good doctor because you see, you have to understand that this doctor, Dr. Jesus, is not wanting anyone to die. Not one soul. The Bible tells us, Second Peter 3 and 9. Are y'all enjoying this so far? The Bible says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. As some understand slowness. He's he's patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And so let's go ahead and look at these little facts. Don't get mad at me. It's just just what I had to look up. But the fact is this. Every day of the week, let's just say Monday through Friday, somewhere between 8 o'clock, in five o'clock. You're gonna have some doctor, some specialist, some professional healthcare provider, if you would, is what they call them today. They're gonna walk into a little 10 by 12 room. A cold, dead, lifeless room. Can I get an amen? Have you ever been in those little rooms? I mean, it's like those rooms are terrible. I don't know what it is about the doctor's rooms but but yeah, lifeless. But they're going to walk in with some horrific news for his or her patients that they have been diagnosed with some terminal disease. And I found out the statistics. Am I saying that right statistics? That out of 6 out of every 10 people this year, 6 out of every 10 will receive a report of some chronic disease. That's pretty scary, isn't it? Let me just say it like this, though. I'm not interested in the statistics. Because I serve a doctor who's not just practicing medicine. Oh, no, no, no. I serve a doctor who is the medicine. Oh, I... Serve a God who is the remedy. Come on, somebody. I serve the God who is the healer today. I serve, I don't know who you serve, oh, but, but I know my God still heals today. Are you with me so far? And, and I don't care about the 6% because I'm all connected to the 4% that's not going to take a bad report. but I'm going to choose life I'm not going to choose death I'm going to choose Jesus I'm going to choose the way I'm going to choose the truth and the life can I get an amen and so I know my doctor lives and I know my doctor is not cold and dead in a tomb somewhere but according to the Bible my Bible says my doctor came out of the grave on the third day are you with me so far and it's my doctor who can heal whatever you're dealing with today. Are you with me so far? But the statistics say that 695,000 people this year will die of a heart disease. That's a lot of folks. 605,000 will die of cancer. 162,000 will die from a stroke. 142,000 will die from a respiratory disease and 56,000 people will die this year of a chronic liver, kidney, or pancreas disease. Are y'all listening to me? You're not? Hallelujah. I hope somebody's listening to me. <laughs> Ooh, they tell you I ain't listening to you, preacher. But understand, greater than all these numbers, put together you add them all up the thousands and thousands even greater than all these this year in America over 7 million people will die without knowing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior that's a lot of people this year 7 over 7 Million will die without him. This is good stuff right here. But but I want to take you on back to the, the Old Testament for just a moment because God has always been in, in the healing business. If you look in Exodus 15 and 26, the Bible said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, that's talking about Jesus. If you listen to the voice of the Lord God, and do what is right in His sight. If you pay attention to His commands and His decrees and His laws, He will not bring on you any of the diseases brought on the Egyptians for I am the Lord, your God, the healer. In other words, if you look into the Hebrew language, you find that the healer is called Jehovah Rapha. Come on, amen. And that means my God shall heal. My Lord is the healer. And so it doesn't matter what the doctor has to say. Because I serve a doctor that's open 24 7. I serve a doctor that's willing and able to do far and more than you can ask or even require. Uh, but you got to understand there's also two reports. You got the report of the world, or you got the report of God. He said, I was wounded for your transgression. I was bruised for your iniquity and the chastisement of my peace was upon you and by his stripes we are. It doesn't say that we might be or we could be. It all depends where you're going to place your faith in. So in our story we we find that Jesus after he healed a paralyzed man he, he now comes to another very very Sick man chose him to be one of his disciples, sitting all alone in a tax collector booth. And understand that this man, he was sick. No, he didn't have cancer and he didn't have diabetes or cirrhosis of the liver. But his sickness was terminal. A spiritual man, maybe. Who knows if he was religious? We just know he was a tax collector. But nevertheless, he was dying inside with a chronic disease called sin. Are you with me so far? And we find that, that not many people like the, the tax collectors. They're kind of like the IRS. Are you with me so far? There are right loans. They're not doing their audit on us. Can I get an amen, Rob? <laughs> amen. Uh-huh, but But you see, what we find that Levi tax collector is all of a sudden no longer called Levi but now he's called Matthew and and I know something must have happened along the way because all of a sudden he's no longer Levi but now he's the man who wrote the first gospel of the New Testament this is good stuff and so what this tells me that that there's some time that the the cure, he had found the cure that he's been looking for or should I say that the, the cure found him because I've heard my entire Christian life that, hey man, I, I found Jesus. And I'll say, you know what? I didn't know that he was lost. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. Oh, but 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 Levi have found the Lord. My Bible says that that, that therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And what you gotta understand is that 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 you have to be in Christ. You can't be outside the, the parameters of him. Because the healing comes through the gate, through the door, the way, the truth, and the life. Are you with me so far? So understand that Levi was probably not like me. was a very educated man to have a job like this. But... But one thing I do know about Levi was that he was very wealthy. A very, very wealthy man. And, and I remember Jesus saying these words that it, it, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. But, but obviously, he didn't say it was impossible. Because here is Levi who is now Matthew who is a new creation. Writing the gospel. Are you with me so far? Because you have to understand that that the Bible says what is impossible for man is possible for God, according to Luke 18 and 27. In fact, I know the tax collectors were very wealthy because they were actually collecting more than what they required, Carl. If someone owed $100, they're going to try to get at least $350. Come on, amen. And, and, And so they were basically stuffing their pockets with something called dishonest gain and I wonder if they still do that today but but I know that Jesus said these words in Luke 9 and 25 that what good good is it for a man to to, to gain the whole world yet lose or forfeit his soul in fact I know that, that he was rich that he was bringing in dishonest gain because of what John the Baptist said Y'all don't remember John, but, but John was the one dressed in the camel skin with the big leather belt. He was the one preaching in the wilderness down there by the Jordan River, baptizing all the sinners. And so they come to John, and John simply says these words produce fruit in keeping with repentance. In other words, don't tell me that you turn turning because I'm not concerned with your words that I am seeing the fruit of what you're saying. In other words, don't tell me that you're turning, but I, I'd like to see some turning going on. And then he says these words, he says, and don't say to yourself that we have Abraham as our father because he says, because out of these stones, I can raise up children for Abraham. And I'm thinking about these stones because I remember that when Joshua crossed the Jordan River, God told he said, you take the leader of each tribe. There was 12 tribes to grab a big stone in the middle of the river and bring it to the edge and stack them up. So from this day forward, everybody will have a testimony that Jesus or God can bring you through the situation. But he says, out of these stones, I'm wondering if he's pointing at the 12. But out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. But then he says this word. He says, the ax is already at the root of the tree. And every tree that does not bear fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Let me just be real. You can preach about love. You can even preach about repentance. But the world today don't want to hear about the fire. (laughs) They don't want to hear about a, a place called hell because the moment you say the word hell... Everybody tenses up. But, but, but God didn't create hell for mankind. It's the alternative for your choice. Because if you don't choose Jesus, I can promise you, you, you will be cast into the lake of fire. Years ago, I remember coming up in the 80s with all the ladies. And I remember that ACDC song said that hell ain't a bad place to be. One of my favorite, until I come to Jesus, I said, you know what, I don't want no hell because I sure don't want to be with Bon Scott down in hell. But he, he begins to bring up the fire because the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Jesus said, don't be afraid of those that cannot destroy the body but cannot destroy the soul. Rather be afraid of the one that can destroy both body and soul in hell. And so at this point, he's got your attention, Leland. He got them. And so they're like, what then should we do? The crowd asked. John said, anyone who has two shirts should share with one who has none. And anyone who has food should do the same. Even the tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you are required to. He told them. Come on, amen. That's common sense. Quit robbing people. Even Jesus says, give, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. Hmm. That's not on my notes, but I thought I'd bring that up. But, but think about this. He's not the only tax clerk that got saved in the Bible. There was another one. I think his name was Zacchaeus. They say Zacchaeus was a little old man, little guy, but I don't want to get in trouble, so let's let's just call him vertically challenged. <laughs> Y'all supposed to laugh something, but 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 even Zacchaeus, the we vertically challenged man, he had fruit, produced fruit in keeping with repentance. Luke Luke nineteen verse eight and nine. But here and now he says, I give half of my possession to the poor and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. So notice that Jesus in our text, he, he has clearly made a distinction, a distinction between the two people. And the distinction is this. He's not concerned about the tax collectors. He's not concerned about the carpenters, the prostitutes. He's not concerned about that. He's concerned about two things the healthy, come on, amen, and the righteous. Because if they're not on that side of the coin, he wants you to get there. Are you following me so far? He's concerned with the loss. It's not the healthy who need the doctor, but the, i am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And so only, it's only the sick who need the doctor. Are you with me so far? And according to my Bible, that's all there is. Now, I don't know about you, I, I wasn't born healthy. I was born sick. I was born with a disease. Are you listening to me, mama? I was born sick. I was already beginning to die when I was born. Don't get caught up in your children as though they're perfect because you just give them a little time. You'll see the horns come out. It don't take long. They look all cute in their bows and this and that, but their horns will come out. Don't say no, Grammy. I'm telling you the truth. But he's concerned about the sick. But here's some good news. I'm glad that Jesus still makes house calls. <laughs> Woo! I'm glad he still comes and, and knocks at people's door. Because the Bible says in Revelations 3 and 20, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. See, he ain't concerned about Jew or Gentile. He's not even concerned about men and women. He's concerned about the sick. Even Peter tells us, Acts 10, 34, and 35, then Peter began to speak saying, I now realize how true it is that God does, that God, help me out Jesus, that God does not show favoritism but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. So like it or not this morning, you and I were all born on the sick list. Right there with Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, we were even on the list with Judas Iscariot, the betrayer. We were even on the list with the two thieves on the cross. But I ask you today, are you the right-hand or are you the left-hand thief? Because on the cross, one of those men got robbed with Jesus. Lord, would you remember me when you come into your kingdom? He said, verily, I tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Are you with me? Because you see, even he was dying on the cross, sick dying he turns to the doctor and at that point he became a new creation it's never too late for god only when you take your last breath and without him are you with me so far and so paul tells us romans 3 and 23 we know this for all have sinned and fallen short to the glory of god you may not know this one but isaiah says it like this isaiah 64 6 he said, for all of us have become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf and like the wind, our sins. They, they sweep us away. And so if we don't get to Dr. Jesus, you've got to understand that this disease, sin, that's running through your veins, this disease is eventually going to kill you without Dr. Jesus. Paul just tells us, Romans 6 and 23, for the wages of sin is what? But the gift of God is eternal life. Ezekiel 18 and 4, second part, the soul that sinneth shall die. King James Version. Can I share a true story with you? I don't know how much time I got. Oh, man, I I like Skip today. Not only did he bring me some honey, but he's saying, come on, preach it, preach it. I don't even know if I even shared this story. Not even with one of my best friends right there. But years ago, I must have been 11 going on 12 because I was somewhere between fifth grade going into the sixth grade. And what had happened was that that some reason, probably because I'm always clawing my ankles because I'm allergic to grass, but how you keep a kid out of the grass, you know, but, but along the way, I, I caught this rare disease called acute glomerulonephritis. It's a disease of the kidney. And what it was doing, it, it, it got my body out of whack. In other words, it, it was keeping what it should have been getting rid of. And so basically my body through this rare disease, was poisoning itself. And I noticed that that one day I couldn't run as fast as I used to. I was like Forrest Gump now. Listen, I could run. But one day I found myself moving slow and I didn't know what it was because it was creeping up on me, Sammy. Mama took me to the doctor because my ankles and legs are swelling up. And they rushed me to the hospital over in Dallas, the Children's Hospital. Y'all heard the story yet? And I saw something called a nephrologist. A nephrologist is someone who specializes in the healing of the kidneys. And so he had to set before me life or I would have died. Because what happens is your kidneys will shut off. They will quit working and, and you'll die. And so they had to do something quick. And I was in the hospital for a long time. And I remember when I come home, I had to go do, do homeschool before there was homeschool. Mama took all the salt out of my diet, everything was bland. But she did it because she wanted me to live. But but the, the doctor took care of me, man. So what you need to understand is that, that I didn't need a podiatrist for my feet. And I didn't need a neurosurgeon for my nerves, and I sure didn't need an oncologist. And I hope you weren't going to take me to the veterinarian. But, But what I needed, are you listening to me? What I needed was a doctor who specialized in what was killing me. I needed something. I needed someone who knew to take care of my sickness. I'm going somewhere. And in the same way, in 97, when I come to the altar, I needed a real doctor. I didn't need Dr. Satan. <laughs> I didn't need Dr. whoever, Dr. Jones or whoever you use. I needed a doctor named Jesus because I was dying inside and didn't even know it. 1900s, there was a young prince by the name of Alexis, born in Russia to a king named Nicholas, and his wife was Alexandria. They were the last monarchs to rule Russia before communists had set in. But unfortunately, this this little boy has something called hemophilia. And hemophilia is is a rare disease. It impairs the body's ability to clot its own blood. They call it the the, the royal disease, but we we simply call it the free bleeders. In other words, if he cut himself, he couldn't stop bleeding. And so in, in fear... His, his mama Alexandria she, she don't go to Jesus she didn't go to the priest Now she finds her a soothsayer she finds her a, a wicked man in the streets because he's supposed to have all the answers but, but in, in, her, in her struggle trying to save her son she kills him because she chose the wrong doctor I'm preaching better than you letting me on and so in our world today This doctor was named, or not a doctor, but the soothsayer was named Raspus. I hope I'm saying that right, but that's Russian. I don't know. I can't speak Russian. I can't speak Russian. All I know is say, break me. I don't know what he's saying anyway. In our world today, all these millions of people are going to die. They're dying now. Some are dying right now in Baylor. Maybe in Greenville. Right now, someone's taking their last breath without Christ. And they're going to step in from this world into the eternal lake of fire that never goes out. Where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And we have the remedy. And his name is Jesus. My Bible says in Deuteronomy, this day I call heaven and earth as a witness against you. I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and and love the Lord God and hold fast to him for the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land. He swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so understand that, that the world today their doctors, their psychologists say you know you can talk your way out and the scientists say you know you can invent your way out and the philosopher says you can can think your way out and the investors say you can buy your way out and the traders say you can invest your way out and the astronauts say you can fly your way out and religion says that all the roads lead out but I got news for you today there's only one doctor Come on, let's get on to our feet. you are going sit long enough. Let's have some church in here. Oh, there's only one doctor. In his name, I, I like that. That's when you say amen. There's only one doctor. And his name is Jesus. Oh, and the Bible says that he is the way. Oh, the Bible said he is the truth and he is the way. And no man, I don't care who they are, rich or poor, you cannot get to heaven without Dr. Jesus. And he has a remedy. And that remedy is found in his precious blood. And he poured it out on the cross at Calvary. In 2,000 years, he died a horrible death, not just for himself, but for you and me, for the entire world. For God so loved the That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But to save the world through him. And whoever believes in him is not condemned. Come on. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. He came to make a way. He told us. He said, I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be. In the gospel of John, are y'all still with me? A Pharisee, an educated man, a religious man, comes to Jesus at night. He had all religion could offer. He's still sick and he knows he's dying inside. And he comes to Jesus and, and he's trying to warm up to him saying, Lord, we, we know that you are from God because no one can do what you're doing unless God was with him. And so Jesus begins to speak spiritually to him. He said, I'll tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. But see, he went right over Nicodemus's head. Oh, Nick was lost at this point. And Jesus knew he lost him because he's like, uh, am I supposed to go back in my mother's womb and be born again that way? Jesus is like, no, let me break it down. In other words, it's like when the doctor gives you that report and you say, wait a minute, you're going too fast. Can you give that to me in layman's term? So Jesus gives it to him in layman's term. He says, I tell you the truth. No one will enter The kingdom of god unless they are born of water that means physical birth no one will enter the kingdom of god unless they're born of water and born of the spirit flesh gives birth to flesh and spirit gives birth to spirit you should not be surprised at my saying that ye must be born again you got to be born again because see if you're only born once you will die twice But if you are born twice, you only have to die once, a physical death. But we're so glad that our Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. What the devil meant for harm, God meant for good. So you and I, the children of God, I appreciate y'all standing up. makes me feel like I'm at home in those black churches. If y'all get up in them pews, I'm really going to get excited. But I'm so thankful today about something called salvation. Redemption. Man, bro, he, he paid the price. So when I walk into the doctor's office, like it did in 97, I walked into his doctor's office, he simply says, peace, be still. In my storm, in your storm, it stopped for a brief moment in life everything was right I don't know about you but but ever since that day I've I've never been at that place but once but I never will forget it because when you stand in that place of complete forgiveness everything's gone it's it's like like starting over it's like being born again and yeah, we we leave the, the hospital as babies And we make mistakes, but we keep coming to God saying, I've sinned against you, Lord. You know you ate too much on that party at Sam's house. Lord, forgive me, for I know not what I do. I'm just glad they didn't have no becone power to kill myself. I've been a suicide. (laughs) 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 Especially no homemade ice cream. Oh, my gosh. But I'm asking you right now. Do you need a doctor? Because if you don't know Jesus, you're sick. And you need Him bad. Just like they told me I was going to die if they didn't get me over. I remember that ride. Mom and Dad, they're talking so serious up front seat. And I'm in the back seat trying to say, what's going on? They're like, just sit back. We're getting to the hospital. You remember that, Mom? And every time I come down that that road going out to 30, I I always remember that ride. Because it could have been my last ride. And I'm so thankful that, that we do sometimes need doctors. Because doctors have a job. And it's nothing wrong with going to a doctor when you get sick. Don't let these, these faith healers tell you you're not, you have no faith but because it doesn't tell you that you don't have faith. You've got to have faith to go to them. Crazy as some of these doctors are. But I say this. Don't leave this hospital today with something that's killing you. Because you can't stand before me on the judgment seat and say, no one told me. Because I'm telling you right now, if you leave here without Jesus, you will spend eternity in hell without Him. And hell is not a good place to be. And the sad thing, there's going to be a lot of good, good people in hell. Good people. Why are they good? Well, they did great things for people but they never received Jesus. That's the saddest thing. People who are actually morally better than some of us, and they're thinking, I'm, I'm fine, I, I've, I've done all this, I've given to the poor, I've did this and that, but, but they never accepted Jesus and because they never accepted the way into heaven, they're lost forever. That's the saddest thing. And that's all God, today God is trying to say, listen, we have a remedy. If we can just get out today or tomorrow, this week, or just share it with somebody. Listen, you're sick. You don't realize that you're sick. But listen, I have a help. I have someone can help you. Dr. Jesus. As everybody close their eyes. Father, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus for every soul in this building. Father, I know that sometimes we find ourselves fearful to say something about you. But I pray in the name of Christ that you will give us a boldness. You would make us courageous like a lion. That we would leave this place excited with the gift that we have called life. And that we'll share with others. If we're going to help people on Christmas, let's give them life before we give them anything else. Lord, we love and we praise you. In Jesus' name, and God's people said amen. You guys have a blessed week. We'll see you next week.